Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. So I wanted to come up with a way to really help this network, this family that we've created at On The Daily, on my Instagram, just in general. I wanted to come up with a way to really further expand what we could do together. And so I have officially launched Hype University. Hype University is going to consist of courses, workshops, boot camps, conferences, all under the umbrella of personal development and entrepreneurship. So to kick it off, we are starting with a two-hour live workshop called Ready to Rock 2022, taking place on December 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific. It will be virtual and it will be recorded. So if you purchase a ticket to the workshop, you will have lifetime access to the recording. And for the On The Daily subscribers... Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, I am offering you $10 off. Normally it's $59. Right now, if you use the code on the daily, you will get a $10 discount off of that registration. If you are a business builder, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are in network marketing, if you are just trying to grow your personal brand, this course will be for you. We are going to talk about all things that we can do to grow our businesses in the new year, to really keep the focus on what we are for, who we are for, and use that tactic and those strategies to build the most successful businesses we possibly can. And I am so excited that you're going to be there with me. So if you want to take advantage of that, click the link in our show notes. Um, or if you follow me on Instagram at Danielle underscore on the daily, you can click the link in my bio and you can register for that. And if you are listening to this podcast, use the code on the daily for $10 off. It'll be $49 for you. I'm so excited. We'll see you soon. Hello on the daily family. Happy Tuesday. The day after my birthday, I had one wish for my birthday and that was I didn't want to rush. And my honey bunny and my son and all my friends just we celebrated in the most relaxing way. We went to the Four Seasons for a spa day. Uh, we all had lunch and then I was able to treat my friends to a sound bath. And it was the best way to celebrate 40 or <laughs> 40. Yeah, right. 34 laps around the sun. Oh my gosh. I cannot believe I just said I was 40. Are you kidding me? Anyway, today's episode is with my girl, Melissa Martin. This queen of a human being, uh, her whole platform is about creating boldly courageous, courageous women in business. And she coaches on alignment. She coaches on money. She coaches on success. She coaches on worthiness. She is one of the most incredible human beings I've ever had the honor of having a conversation with. And I just know you are absolutely going to love this episode. 
So buckle up. There's not much I can say about this girl, except she has built so many six and seven figure businesses. She came from corporate. She worked in network marketing, and now she runs this incredibly successful business for herself where she just coaches people to have the businesses of their dreams. And it's amazing. It's so gratifying for her as you're going to hear in this episode. And I just can't wait for you to hear it. So in a few moments, you are going to hear from the Melissa Martin. On the Daily Family, you have a treat in store. For, like by when I say treat, I mean like an entire five course meal about to be in your ears and in your eyes. Uh, this is Melissa Martin. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for referring to me as food because that's like one of my love languages, and I love food so much. I'm like, I'm the whole meal, baby. <laughs> yeah, just yes. a snack, girl. You got the whole meal. Got the whole meal. Gosh, I feel like this interview is going to be so full circle because you have worked with so many people that I just love and adore. And I've, you know, it's like, you know, when there's people you just watch from afar for a while and you're like, Ooh, whatever they're doing, like I smell what they're stepping in and I'm just like really here for it. And I'm just really excited to chat with you today. I can't. Mm, Thank you. And it's an honor to be here creating magic with you. Yeah, man. So you have had quite the journey to everything you are today. You started your journey with network marketing, you moved beyond that, and now you have this full-blown, amazing coaching business that yeah. is just helping to – what is your your tagline? I don't want to mess it up. It's it's about bold and courage. What is it? Boldly courageous. The boldly courageous woman. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Tell me about that journey a little bit. What's that been like and how long has that been in the works? You know, it's always interesting when someone asks you that story because you're like, where do I even begin? (laughs) Right. And I think it's about defining moments, right? We all have those times in our life where we're like, this is the worst day ever. And then in hindsight, you're like, thank God that happened. And time is the only thing that can really give you that perspective and doing the inner work and experience. So now whenever I face, I'm in a moment, a season, I have perspective of like, okay, there's a lesson in this and it doesn't feel great right now, but I know there's something here. But back in the day, I was very much attached to the identity of the corporate life and living a corporate, you know, having a corporate career in the financial service industry. And that was my career path. And I was very much tied to that identity and my company restructured and I was laid off in 2012 and it put me in a state of deep depression, self-judgment, a lot of debt, a lot of uh, shame and guilt that people would judge me if they knew. And, you know, all of the stuff came up and it was a gift. I didn't know it then, but hindsight, thank God that happened. And I kept trying to get jobs in a di- like I was trying to switch industries because I worked in a really remote area of upstate New York, or I lived in a remote area of upstate New York. My company was based in Philly. So I was working remotely and trying to go out and replace my income in the area. It just, it, I was getting a lot of doors closed in my face. And of course you throw your hands up and you're like, why is this happening to me? I'm literally the most hireable person. Like, why am I not getting a job? And my money's running out and I'm stressed out. So the logical thing for me to do at that time was uh, start training for a fitness competition. That seemed like the most logical thing. Seems legit. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. <laughs> abs will solve your problem. Uh, spoiler alert. They don't, but 
through that path, I was introduced to a health and wellness company that happened to be in network marketing. And although I was very resistant to the business, the products were working, I was having great results. Everyone wanted to know what I was doing. My unemployment was running out. And I just thought, why not try? Like what, what's the worst that could happen and let this be, you know, an in the meantime thing while I'm looking for other jobs. And I had success very quickly, which is not usual. I replaced my full-time income within eight months, but I had a particular skill set. I knew about sales and marketing. I knew about public speaking. So it made it very easy for me to sell. I had a really big network and I was known for something in the fitness industry. At that time, I ended up becoming a professional fitness competitor. I was training at a gym, teaching classes. So it made sense, my success. It didn't really make sense to me then, but it makes sense to me now. And so I had one of those moments of choice where I said, okay, am I going to do this? Am I going to go all in on this? Or am I going to keep looking for jobs and living a lifestyle of choice and freedom and personal development and leadership seemed a lot more appealing to me than working for somebody else. And so I went all in on network marketing. And in, in that container, I, I felt like it was entrepreneurship with training wheels. Like it taught me so much about discipline and the leadership component for me was really something I had never been exposed to before. So I was, you know, going to events and drinking the Kool-Aid and getting fired up and pouring into my team. And I learned so much about the importance of building vision and building community. And, Mm. you know, just like really that, that community is really the word that just keeps coming to me. And I got to a point where I was like, something's missing. Like I felt like I wasn't fully expressed. I felt like I couldn't 100% be me. And I think this happens. I think for a lot of leaders, you know, you get to a point where there's a duplicatable system and you're duplicating what you've been taught, but then you're not 100% authentic to who you are and you want your light to shine a little bit brighter. Right. And so I started to realize that when I looked to my left and I looked to my right, everyone that I had been surrounding myself with was within my company, which was amazing. They were incredible leaders, but I wanted to learn through the lens of other types of business owners. So I started investing in my personal development, my growth by buying courses, learning about digital marketing, branding, sales funnels, all the things that I wasn't being taught about social retailing at that time. Mm. And yeah, that's so interesting. There is like a sense in network marketing. I mean, I'm currently in network marketing and at the top of my company. And there is a sense of all the things you need are here. Mm. And I think for, I mean, thank goodness, like for a lot of leaders, that's enough. Like they've found what works and like, how beautiful is that? Yeah. I, when you say that though, like there's more, that's exactly my brain all the time is like, well, Yes. Yes. That. And And what else? This and, and also today, like I started building in network marketing into the end of 2012. And this was right when social media was starting to pop off and influencer marketing and branding. So the network marketing of, you know, pre 2015 is very different than the network marketing of today. And yes, you can learn how to sell through your program. Like what I, my view is your person that brought you into network marketing is responsible to you in the sense of like teaching you the products, the compensation plan, you know, and how to build a team. But when it comes to all the other stuff, that's on you, right? It's on you. A a strong leader recognizes their strengths and their areas of opportunity. And then they they don't rely on somebody else. And that's kind of what I saw. And I got 
pushback for it too. You know, my relationship with my person that brought me in was a sister wound that really I had to work a lot on because it was so toxic, but I didn't realize it then. And it was Mm. one part of the journey of really finding my voice and finding my identity. So through this evolution of learning about sales and marketing and money and business and niche and all the things, I also learned how to find my authenticity and how to do things in a way that felt authentic to me and didn't mirror or mimic the person that brought me in. And so there was some ego battles in that for her and for me. And and we had a very different view on leadership. And so there was an opportunity again for me to say, okay, am I going to be a leader of leaders or am I going to be a leader of followers? And I want to be the example. I have to be the example. And people have a choice in who they want to follow. If they don't want to follow me, that's cool. They have somebody else they can follow. But it was a kind of a coming of age or rite of passage for me in my leadership to say, I don't agree with you and I'm not going to do things this way. It just doesn't feel good for me. And that was hard. I mean, I think that we had a friendship, you know, and so, so- Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because there's a fine line, right? Like, and I think, I mean, I don't think this just exists in network marketing. I think this exists in like many different life. Yeah. Like there's a difference between what's, you know, like there's a saying in network marketing. It's like, there's what works and then there's what duplicates. And I, and like network marketers like to steer away from anything that works if it doesn't duplicate. And I understand that logically. And I go, okay, but if all we're doing is like carbon copy, right? That is going to be good for people who are just starting. But what about the leaders? Like, where do they go to fill up? Where do the leaders go to grow themselves? Because eventually, like if all we're doing is like you said, surrounding ourselves with those same people and learning the same things and not expanding our mind, expanding our 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 knowledge of, of social media, of money, of finance, of marketing, of sales, if we're not expanding that, then we're really just, it's just this circle, right? And like, right how is that good for anybody's authenticity and like full potential, right? Like where you said, like, I wasn't like fully expressed. Like, how is that good for a leader? Like the only way that a leader is going to get better is if they're better in themselves. Well, yes. And I love what you said about like what there's what works and then there's the system is because, and this is what I've learned through therapy and counseling and hiring the coaches and the mentors and doing my work is that One of the challenges within network marketing is it's a beautiful container for codependency. And what happens is you get people that love to help others. And they're like, I can help you. I can do it for you. Let me show you the way. And then they get to a point where they they can't understand why their team won't duplicate what they're doing or their passion or their drive. It's because you haven't given them the opportunity to fail or teach them how to be accountable for themselves. And so they're codependent on you. And now you're at a place where you feel constricted by it because no one's taking action. And so what happens is the people in, I'm generalizing, not everyone, and not every leader is like this, but the leaders that are saying, well, that's not duplicatable are triggered by those that have found their own path and don't rely on them and therefore are not dependent on them. And therefore, what is my worth if you don't rely on me, Mm. right? What is my worth as a leader if you rank advance above me? What is my worth as a leader if you break off and go your own way? You're not dependent on me. And so therefore, where is my value, right? And so what is not duplicatable is you, Like you are one of one. There are 1.7 billion people on this planet and 
what a gift that is and what a disservice it is for you to not find what works for you. What a disservice it is for you to try and just be a carbon copy, washed down version of somebody else. And this was this is, I get very fired up about this because I love the fact of duplication, ready to go business in a box systems. Great. But when you start speaking and talking and acting like someone who is not you, people can smell that. And and they, they like the magic of who you are is that you are not duplicatable and that should be celebrated more. Right. So I would be on social media and I would see a post from someone cross line and, you know, within my organization, not in my organization, within the company. And I'd be like, wow, this is so moving. And then I would see the same post six more times. times, I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Right. But like also first, first rule in first grade is don't plagiarize. Like that's the first thing we learned. I, I could, that is, that is like a whole other conversation for a whole different podcast episode, but that is like the number one thing that really fires me up. And what I tell my team all the time is like, don't copy and paste someone else's thoughts. And I'm a good writer. My stuff gets copied and pasted all the time. And there was a moment, you know, there was like a time where I was like, okay, it's whatever. They don't know any better. But then I had like a wake up call somewhere along the last few years where I was like, no, absolutely not. And like, I call people out on it every single single time I call people out. And they probably could have come up with something even more powerful on their own if they would have just been given the opportunity to trust themselves and to learn and to tap into who they are. So authenticity wins always. And it it's, I'm very passionate about teaching network marketers about the power of authenticity and branding and marketing and branding yourself one for one reason, because of that, but the other reason, and this is kind of the second half of my story and like, you know, whether or not people want to hear this, the reality is you don't own your business. You are not a business owner. You are 1099 contractor sales and marketing. And that can change at any second. Your business can be, my business was taken away within 60 days because my company decided to restructure. So a team of 5,000 people, multiple six-figure income, seven years of late nights and phone calls and in-person events and the grind and the hustle gone in 60 days. And I had no say in that. And because I had built such a strong personal brand around who I am and my authenticity and my integrity and what I stand for, it wasn't challenging. I mean, there was challenges, right. But to kind of just pick up and keep going versus the the people that are like die hard, their brand is their company. There's beauty in that too. Like stand for your company and rep it and you love it and you, but be you Yep. build a no like and trust because if that ever changes, or if you decide you don't align with that company anymore, you still have your values, your audience, your relationships, your integrity, and you haven't sold out on this one brand, you know? So that's why all the time I talk about that all the time. I always like one of my biggest things that I like to coach on is like you, you have like, yes, you can be all in and not have that be your identity. And that is so hard for people to understand. And I'm so glad that you're talking about this because it's true. People go all in and then all of a sudden, you go to their social media, you talk to them, everything about them is now circled around the company that they represent. And listen, that's a beautiful company. And yes, like they have amazing products. And yes, you've built an incredible business. And that business hopefully is not going anywhere. And what what would you do if it did? 
Because right. also, we all, I mean, you know this from being in network marketing. There's always that talk of if you had impact happen, where would you be? Right. And right. you're the perfect example of that. What if right. impact happens to your company? Right. What, what's next? Like, how do you move from that? So I love that you're talking about this because that obviously you said it's like a segue into the next part of your story. So that happens. And then yeah. how did you? Then where, where, where did you go? Well, what was interesting about that experience was that I had been in that space before when I lost my job in 2012, I was like, Oh, I've been here before. Right. So you have that. I gave myself space to feel all the feels. It was like going through the seven stages of grief. I'm like, wait, what? Like this, what? Yeah. I can't compute. And of course you go into panic and you spiral, but I gave myself like 48 to 72 hours to just sit in it and listen, as opposed to acting from fear. And what I saw really showed me how much work there is to do around scarcity, around money, around scarcity, around authenticity, scarcity around community, because I saw a side of people within my company that I never saw because they were scared. So they were jumping ship, going to other companies and poaching other people's team. And just like, because they were operating from a place of scarcity because they had just lost their money and they needed to sign with another company. And it was like, a free for all of who's going to come with me and what team are you going to go to? And so I just wanted to like sit with that and hold a safe space for my team to process what was happening. And ultimately I made the decision for me personally to not re-engage with another network marketing company because I had already been feeling called to something bigger. At the time I was building another business with a friend of mine, Sandy, and it's called Ladies Aligned. And that's a conscious media outlet for conscious thought leaders. And that was kind of taking off. And I had, at the time I was married and prior, like literally like three days before this happened, we had sat down and kind of had like one of those heart to heart conversations. And the decision was that he was going to take the lead on our network marketing business because it made sense for him. He was a former college strength coach, college athlete. He was training, training athletes. So it made sense for him to kind of take the lead. And I really wanted to go in this direction with my personal brand and my coaching and like public speaking and podcasting and just like take the lid off. And so this happened and it was kind of like the universe was like, let me just rip that bandaid off for you. And I had a choice when I, when I started to feel into the idea of, you know, going down the path of building another team, it was just like, just in my body, it felt like a no. And I had to follow like, what would happen if fill in the blank, like what would happen if I didn't have the security of a team? What would happen if I just went all in on this thing that feels really curious to me that I've never been able to do before that like feels expansive, but also scary at the time, like what would happen if, and what happened over the next six months was my entire life just completely turned around. Like my 2019 was the universe's way of pulling everything that was out of alignment out of my energy field. So my business went away, my marriage dissolved. I sold everything I owned the rest of it went in a U-Haul. I drove across country to California, moved in with my best friend and her then three-year-old daughter and like 2020 happened. Right. So it was just like everything that was out of alignment was stripped away. And I was left in this space of like a rebirth almost. And I went to an event and say no to your nose for the, maybe the first time in a long time. For sure. For sure. And it's the most beautiful and terrifying place all at once. And, and there were nights I will tell you that I 
cried and was worried about money. And I would look at job boards and being like, you know, maybe I should just get a waitressing job, or maybe I should just go back to the corporate world. And my soul was like, are you crazy? What would, no, like that's the easy way out. Like that actually is the path that's going to cause you more pain than the pain you're in right now, because you're selling yourself short, like lean into your gifts. And so 2020 for me was just a year of rebirth, regrowth, like self-honoring and, I went to an event early on in the year in January and the event facilitator is also in network marketing. She's a super high level leader, but she does events now. And she was like, how are you? And I was like, honestly, really happy and really sad all at the same time. Cause I was like, so excited about this next chapter, but grieving, you know, the loss of my business, the loss of my life, the loss of my husband, like, you know, in our marriage and just, I was grieving and also so excited at all the space that was available and what was possible. Do you think that that is like partly, was that like partly your ego or your subconscious, like trying, like trying to justify like not being a failure? Cause I like, I know when my marriage ended, I was divorced. I got divorced as well a few years ago, well now like six years ago, but there was always like this, that I knew it was the right choice. I knew it. I knew like, just like, I just left soul cycle. Like I know leaving that company is the right choice. And there's like a part of you that's always like, Oh, but I, I quit. And then you, feel like you feel bad about it. And like, you have to fight that a little bit. And I think so many people where they run into the problem is they, they haven't done enough work. Like you said, like personal brand, authenticity, personal development, mindset, they haven't done enough work to go. This is just my ego talking and it's okay to sit in it. And then it's okay to bless and release that feeling. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like sometimes when you were like, I'm happy and sad, like, do you think the sad part like was was that like ego being like, you quit, mm. you left? Such a good question. And yeah. such a relevant place for where I'm at right now with some of the other things that I'm navigating. So that feeling of guilt of quitting came up two years before I mm. told my husband that I didn't want to be married to him anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had to sit in that. And really, I think for me, it was about exhausting all the resources. Like the reason why I felt like I was quitting was because we hadn't tried everything. Like I had, I'm like, I want to make sure I unturn every stone and, and try everything. And this is the last resort. And I hadn't gotten to that point yet. And there was a point And I think this applies to literally anything you you, can be business relationships, whatever, but there was, and I had help by the way, like I had coaches and mentors in my life to kind of help navigate me through all this. And six months before we ended our marriage, I got very clear on what my values were. Cause I started to imagine like, what would it be like to be married to a man who's like this? And that's how I knew like, okay, this is probably not a great, this is probably an indicator of this is slowly coming to an end. And so I really had to sit with my values and what was important to me and the vision that I had for my life. And I had grown so much from the time we met until that point that I was a completely different person. And I didn't know then, you know, when we first met what I knew in that moment. And so I was very loving and very clear. And I wasn't about giving ultimatums. I was just like, these are my non-negotiables and it is your choice whether or not you are willing to meet them. And if you're not, I see you, I understand you, I respect you. And that doesn't work for me. So then we should talk about what the transition plan will be. And he, so I gave him an invitation into that. Mm -hmm. And so when he his words and his actions didn't align. And I say this with love and he's very much aware that this is how I feel. And, you know, when his words and his actions did not align, I had to be a woman of my word and say, okay, so it's been six months. This is what you said would happen. 
This is what I've observed. These are the, these are the things that don't work for me. And this is, I'm, I feel complete at this point. So I got to a point where I felt complete with my decision without feeling guilt, without feeling shame, because I knew from an alignment perspective that I did everything I could have without running, without manipulating, without doing all the stuff that I had done in past relationships. This was the one that I was like, no, I'm going to do this. Yeah. 100%. Right. And so the, the sadness came from grief of leaving. I mean, it was a seven year relationship and it's the death of something and we can grieve. Yeah. I mean, it's that magic number. number, (laughs) And grief is something that can be applicable to so many different things and giving ourselves space to honor that. But there was no, there was no, like, I didn't feel guilty. I felt grief and I was grieving the changing of that relationship. And today I have a very different view on relationships. Like I don't really, I think that, you know, would I be open to getting married again? Maybe, I'm not really interested in the marriage part per se. I'm really more interested in the committed relationship part with the understanding that every relationship has an expiration date. Some are short, some are long, but I believe that, you know, there's like a legal side of marriage, which is the business arrangement. And then there's the romantic side of relationship, which is the commitment piece. I want the commitment piece. I could care less about the paper. Like that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm like my fiance and I like that's, I think that's why like we haven't, we didn't just like jump into like getting married. Like I want, we're together and I love her and I want to spend my life with her. And I, I go, you know, it's, it's a business arrangement. Like it, like that, the part that we haven't done yet is a business arrangement. So like, is that something we want or are we just like committed forever? Right. You You can have a a loving commitment ceremony. You can change your name. You can do all those things. You don't have to. And I'm not anti business arrangement. I think it makes sense for certain people, but I think that uh, like a lot of stress and anxiety and hardship could be avoided in the long term if you decided to part. If, you know, so that's just so interesting how much this applies to like entrepreneurship. Like I'm thinking about like, this is exactly what I talk. I I, like always talk about with people is like you, yes, like you can be so committed to something and walk away and be sad, like walking away from a nine year fitness career. Like that's a huge choice. And like, I'm still grieving that. And it's still, you know, you're, you grieve, like you nailed it. Like you grieve because it was such a, you, you were all in, it's like a loss. I mean, it's the longest relationship I've ever had, you know, (laughs) like for real. And so crazy. Cause it's like, we, the same thing happens with businesses. Like people will get so honed in on one thing right? And no, this is what I started. So I have to finish. And I'm the same way. I'm, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a generator. Like I'm an eight on the Enneagram. Like, like I, if I start something, you better believe we're finishing it. And that is, that's beautiful. And it gets me in trouble because I then keep saying yes to things that are a clear no for me. Mm -hmm. And I do that in relationships and I do that with my work and I do that with so many things. And I'm, this is probably the first time in my life I'm actually learning to actually be a hell yes or no, and not have those two things. Cause you, it's true when you're, when you're blocked by things that maybe you've said yes to that are more of maybes or no's, the universe is listening, God listening, right. And saying, okay, well then I guess you're just not ready. Well, I'll come back. We'll circle back. Right. Or, or are you a woman of integrity? Are you a woman of your word? And sometimes, so like I reserve the right to change my mind at any time. 
And that means that I get to stay in integrity because what was a yes six months ago might be a no now because circumstances have changed. I have changed. My values have changed. And so my commitment to my commitments is to operate from a place of a full body yes and alignment. And so it's like, I think we, we can, you know, using uh, business, for example, or, you know, plenty of women I've coached have felt guilty about wanting to quit a job. I have such a great job and people would kill for this, but and I'm like, okay, so let's break that down. Right. And this is kind of that, that same thing of like, if you are in a business or you have a job or a relationship and you were all in at first, and now you're kind of like lukewarm, are you really like, does that really benefit the other person that you're like halfway in? Like, are you doing your business, the service that it deserves? Are you doing the company that you work for the service it deserves or the relationship, the service that it deserves if you're lukewarm. And so we get caught up in our head that like, oh, but if I leave, it's all going to fall apart. Right. Our egos like to think that we're so much more important than we really are. Oh my God, their life will be over. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, I said, I said the same thing like that and I'm, I'll, I'm totally cut you off. I, when, when I left soul, that was the conversation I had with myself is I said, listen, like I want this brand to succeed. I want nothing more for this brand to become everything that it used to be, or like even better. Cause we're never going back, like never, ever people that say like, I want to go back to normal. Like we've never been able to go back to any space and time. So that's not a thing, but like, I want this brand to be even more than it ever was. And I know for a fact, it's only going to do that if the people here are hell yes. And I had to swallow that pill with myself and go, it's not me anymore. Right. And that's sad. And yes, the ego gets in the way and says, well, you're letting so many people down and all these things. But at the end of the day, if I'm not if I'm not a hell yes, then I'm letting myself down. And if I'm letting myself down, then I'm not good for anyone else. Right. You're giving them a watered down version of you and you're not honoring your end of the energetic commitment. Right. And, and also you are holding energetic space for somebody else who is a hell yes. So you're blocking them from their gifts while you're in suffering. And then everybody else suffers too. Yeah. So so it's like free that person or that job or that whatever to allow the space for something even better to come in, right? This or something better. So if it's not me and I remove myself from the equation, I get to create space for something even better for you to come in and even better for me to come in. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's been like my biggest lesson the past few weeks is a sitting in that's that in between space, which I've never been good at. Cause I'm always like, okay, what's next. But then I fill my plate with maybes Mm. I'm not going to see what's next anyway. And I got these like big old dreams, you know, and it's, it's just so, it's so true because when we do that, it also holds you back for like you, the collective you, it holds us as humans back from really living that, which you talk about this. And I would love for you to expand on is like that life of impact that we all search for, whether we acknowledge that we're searching for that or not, like the day, everybody wants to live a life of impact. And if we're not, fully full body aligned, full body. Yes. With, you know, the things that we choose to put into our life, the energy that we choose to like put into our life, you're never, like, that's never going to happen. It's impossible. Right. Like what's talk the point? About, talk about like your, cause you, I love how you talk about in, like helping women to live a life of impact. What does that mean to you? 
Oh man. I, I just think that like we kind of talked about before, it's all about being fully expressed and giving yourself permission to be the most authentic version of you. And when you do that, you give other women permission to do the same. So I had for this longest time, I had this belief and this story that I needed to be your hype girl, like shrink myself to shine, to allow you to shine. And I realized that I was actually robbing people of the opportunity to see what's possible. Right. So so I love to look at the proof that what I want exists. Right. So this woman recently came into my life. She is a energetic coach, business coach. Um, she runs a brand called alpha femme and one of my friends has been coaching with her and this woman generated this year has generated $21 million in her business. And she's been in business for five years. And I'm just like, what? Like my mind can't even comprehend the impact that this woman is making by just being herself. And so for me, I look at her and I go, there's the proof. Now, if she had like dimmed her light and was like hiding and wasn't celebrating and wasn't sharing behind the curtain and all the things, I wouldn't have someone to show me what's possible. So when, again, it kind of goes back to what we were saying before is that when you're not living fully in your gifts, when you're not living fully in your highest expression of whatever wild, quirky, crazy, fun version of you that is, you rob everybody of your magic of you being one of one. And, and, and it started in network marketing for me when I started to see these incredible women. I'm like, why are you not being you? Like, why are you trying to be somebody else? Like, just be you. That's your superpower. That's your secret sauce. Like, that's what's going to magnetize people. So it started there and it's just kind of like amplified and it's turning into my, just like this desire to help women just radiate authentically lead with authority and attract all the abundance they want in their life with ease. Oh, I love that. And talk about a little bit, like, I'm sure you've gone through, you talked about a little bit about like going through like the money mindset shift. I think for so many women, they are like, okay, yeah, I'm a leader and I am, I'm an authority and I got this. And then as soon as the conversation comes up about like, okay, so let's make some money all of a sudden, then they're like, Ooh, they like, you can like physically see them get smaller. Like I ask people all the time, like, What's like a, what's your financial goal? Like you've talked about, you've talked about how you want to help this many people and you want to do this number, like, but what's the financial goal? Like, and what of that are you taking home? You know, cause if we can't talk honestly about that, then like, what do we have? Like that, that's yeah. just, that's such a huge part of that. So how, how do you coach people on getting right in their mind about, you know, mm. money and finance and like female? Yeah. You know? So I will say that this is an ever evolving process for me, like I'm still navigating money blocks. Right. And I, it's, there's so many layers to it. And money is something that is so deeply connected to so many people on a lot of levels, like, especially when it comes down to safety and for women, particularly the work that I do around money is more around the energetics. And it's really about the energy of receiving and what's possible and just being open to, living a life of pleasure, living a life of flow, living a life of abundance and being comfortable with the energetics of receiving and money becomes such a powerful magnifier amplifier for whatever is under the surface. So for example, in my marriage, money came up quite a bit because I was the one that generated most of the money in our household. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel really resentful about that because I felt like I wasn't matched. I felt like my partner 
wasn't matching my enthusiasm or my contribution. And so I started to get resentful and I started to get snippy and I started to get controlling and I started to be in my masculine all the time, which affected my ability to be intimate and open up and feel safe. And I mean, it all like, it's all combined, but the way it reflected was through money. And so it was an opportunity. Money was the trigger and it was the doorway in to look at all the stuff underneath. Right. So we think about a weed, we have weeds in our garden, which I look at weeds as like a belief money. That's not for me. I want enough just to get by money is the root of all evil. Rich people are greedy. Like I'll never get out of debt. Like whatever these beliefs are, they are weeds in the beautiful garden that make up who we are. And what happens when we weed whack is we cut the weed off at the stock. So it's like, oh, well, uh, my, you know, like I have all this debt, I'll just make more money. I don't like this job. I'll just get a new job. I don't like this person. I'll just get a new relationship. I don't like where I live. I'll just move. Right. That is the weed whack version of how we live our life. And what happens is we get a new job. We, we make more money. We get the new relationship. We move to the new place and we're good for six months. But then what happens is all the weeds grow back because we didn't get to the actual root of that weed. So when you pull the weed up, you don't see one root. It's like a it's a lot. It's like a family of roots. Like, a of oh, it's a clusterfuck. You're like, oh, I didn't know all of this was here. I thought it was just this one thing. No, we need to look at the root. So the weed that's popping up is a belief around money. I'm not worthy. I don't make enough. Um, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. Like, I don't want my sometimes friends. Those weeds, sometimes those weeds even have freaking flowers on them. Like they grow out of the ground and they have, they grow with flowers. Dandelions. Like, oh, it's not that bad. It's like a dandelion, right? A flat, like dandelions. Yeah. Fuck the dandelions. Don't be a dandelion. <laughs> so <be> a dandelion. <laughs> so the works, the, uh, a majority of, of what I love to talk about when it comes to the energetics of money and the core is just the ability to receive and that you are worthy of receiving. And that's the divine feminine. So the, so the way that I work with my clients, whether it's through programs or one-to-one mentorship or group coaching is very much in the masculine, which is the strategy of the, okay, step one, step two, step three, execute, blah, blah, blah. But none of that stuff matters if we don't address the feminine, which is the creator energy, the mastermind energy, the leader energy, the um, safety energy, the receive energy. And so we get really clear on what does that look like for you? And from there, the strategy naturally appears. So if it's a money thing, we got to get clear on what's blocking you around receiving first and get you in the energy of learning how to receive on a small level and celebrate that and have gratitude for that. And then you can start executing on a massive level. I love that. I love when you say like how it's the energetic flow because like energy does not like to be stagnant, right? Energy prefers to flow, but money's the same way. Money does not like to stay stuck. It doesn't like to stay stagnant. It prefers to move and flow. And it's so funny how those things can be so intertwined because we also get really taboo about energy. You know, we go, oh, this is a negative energy. I'm going to block that. When really sometimes if it feels some type of way and it's kind of like negative, the weed whacking thing would be to be like, oh, not dealing with that. Going to cut that off right at the head, but it's still there. It's not going anywhere. Right. And mm-hmm. that, I mean, that was, that took me a long time. Cause like when you talk about masculine energy, I've been in my masculine energy since I got married when I was 20 years old. And it was always like, well, if it's going to happen, I have to do it and I'm going to be the one and it's going to be me and I'm going to go charge ahead and, you know, strategy, 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 do, 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 
on to the next one constantly, right? So then I get into this relationship with my fiance and she is in this soul searching. When we start meeting, like she starts, she quits her job pretty much right after we started dating and like goes and like does a three-year soul searching where she's just trying to figure out like who the fuck she is and what the fuck she wants to do. And the masculine in me is like, you gotta, you gotta make money. Like we gotta figure this out. And it caused a lot of trauma in the first few years of our relationship. And I'm so grateful that it happened because now she's rocking and rolling in her career because she did the work and is receiving and allowing all these like beautiful, amazing things to come into her life. And is like, so she works in, um, she's a movement director and she works in, she's also like um, a fitness model. So she's just booking, like constantly booking. And here right. I am just recently quit my job to like fully dive into full-time entrepreneurship. Right. And Ooh. there's that masculine side of my brain being like, you're not good enough. You got to work. You got to do this. You got to keep moving. You got like, and it's, I've been (laughs) like, I, I should have like a straight jacket on half the time over the last few weeks because I have not been sitting in my feminine and allowing, allowing things to come and allowing energy to happen and allowing nurturing to, to, you know, and also allowing her to be in her masculine. Mm. Because she's been so in her feminine and then starting to feel unworthy. And now she's kind of stepping into her masculine and we're kind of switching roles a little bit. And the ego is like, oh, well, you can't let her make more money than you this month. Like you better step it up. You better figure it out when really the receiving end of money is just saying, it's okay, I'm good. And something big is coming for me, right? Yeah. I mean, how often do you run across kids like back to like relationships and biz- and your business? Like it's so intertwined and mm-hmm. how your how your relationships are a really good indication of how your businesses are going. Your business will always mirror back to you the places that you have to do some work. 100%. Right? 100%. So, I'm curious cuz you you mentioned something. So, what would you make it mean about you or your relationship or the dynamics if she did make more money than you? I don't know. I mean, she, she probably will this month. Cause I, I just walked away from like half my income, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, when you're at soul cycle for nine years, you make really good money. So I did, I mean, this month will probably be the first time since her and I have been together that she might gross more than me. And I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm honestly having this podcast and having these conversations every week is like helping me work through it. Yeah. I, it's scary, but it's it's also very um, it's it's emotions and feelings that I honestly haven't gotten to feel. I haven't been in a position to feel yeah for a really long time. Yeah, um, you know, my dad passed away in January, and he was like my best friend. And uh, I think once that happened, I kind of just dove into like just keep moving, just keep fucking mm-hmm. going, because if you don't, you're gonna fall apart. So I've really yeah. this year has been a, a constant evolution of just feeling and allowing things to happen. And, you know, walking away from soul was probably the biggest shift because I wouldn't have done that had I not been like really tapping into the feminine energy of myself. Yeah. I would have just been like, it's fine. I'll be, it'll be fine. I'll just keep going. Yeah. And so really stepping into it feels good. Well, thank you for, for sharing that and being so willing to answer my unexpected. I love that. Ask me anything. Yeah. But it's, it's okay. So there's in the dynamic of masculine feminine, we have wounded and we have healthy and, you know, on both sides of the, of the coin. And what's so beautiful that I'm hearing is that you have this partner in your life who is stepping into her gifts as a provider and creating a space. Masculine creates a box. Masculine energy creates and holds 
a container for the wild, crazy, fiery feminine to be expressed. Cause the masculine's like a square box and the feminine's like, like spaghetti. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a strong, healthy masculine to hold space for the feminine, to feel safe, to fall back and receive. So how beautiful that your partner's done all this work and maybe she is tapping into her masculine a little bit more and creating a safe space for you to fall back and pause for a second and be in the receive mode, right? And something that I know for me, so I started dating this year and you know, this idea of like dating men that this came up in my business too. Like this idea of dating men that are more successful than me freaked me out because I was like, well, then what do I bring to the table? And it was the same thing in my network marketing business. Like if I'm not success, more successful than my team, then what is my worth? Which is the, the game that our brains play. So working through this idea of rely versus receive. And I want to be in a space where I can receive, but not feel like I'm relying on this person to buy me dinner or take me on vacations and all that stuff. And then I was like, well, wait a second. Like, wouldn't it be cool to have someone that I can actually rely on? Not from a place of lack because I can't do it myself, but because they're so reliable that they show up and they honor and they worship me. And I just get Mm. to be me. Like my presence Mm. is the present, right? And so here you are in this beautiful space where you're getting to navigate this new chapter And you probably for her created that masculine container for her to go off and live her life while you held the fort down. And now the pendulum is swinging. So your work is to be in the receive energy and allow her to lead and trust that, you know, you're safe. You're good. Well, and and I, I've just been doing a lot of work on human design too, which I'm, Mm. I'm sensing that you love. I, I, I'm a generator. I'm not, I'm not a manifester, you know, and for most people would assume by looking at me or like by seeing like the energy that I put into the world that I'm a manifester because I get shit done and I do, do, do. And I'm a, I'm like the up before dawn, get shit done crowd. And that's not going to change, but I don't, I, I'm realizing I flow when I receive, I don't Mm. flow when I fight, when I push, when I attack. You know, there's when I'm passionate about it and I've received it and it's something that I've energetically allowed into my space, then yes, like it's a go, like all systems go. And, you know, generators are people that when they're good and when they're happy and doing things that light them up, they light everyone else up. Right. So I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying this space. And, you know, I, I want to create like a growth conference. That's like my next big goal is to create a virtual growth conference for entrepreneurs. And that is something that I I've wanted for a while and have felt so stuck doing. And I'm realizing now it's because I've just been stuck in this masculine box and I haven't been able to just receive and see like what that could really be because I've been trying to dictate what it should be based on Mm. trauma wounds, what I've seen. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And like, I love what you said about generators, but also like your, your energetic capacity to generate is also built on your capacity to receive the fuel to do so. Right. Generators, the longer you charge them, the longer they run for. Right. So going back to that is really important. Yes. Like what you were saying about the given, the, the energetic flow, right? Like the way that I talk about money or what we're talking about right now is that there is a give and receive energy. And so oftentimes when women are guarded in their masculine, they're over giving and they wear that as a badge of honor. I do everything for everybody. And then they're burnt out. They have adrenal fatigue. They have thyroid issues. They can't get pregnant, all the things, right? They, yeah, all the stuff. 
And it's like, okay, there you're, it's an imbalance, right? And so there has to be this give and receive energy and that's the natural flow of things, right? So money is the same way. Like I have so much gratitude for the bills I pay every month because I get to receive something on the back end of that, even debt, right? So like something that I had to work through with my student loans because I still pay on them was like, oh, I fucking hate paying these student loans. But then when I really connected on what is it, what is this energetically representing? It's four years of my life of experiences of relationships that had this, had this money and this energy not been available to me, then I would not be where I am today. I would not have the relationships and the friendships and those experiences. So would I, would I want to cut that out of my life? So energetically I'm sending gratitude to the money that's going out just as much as I'm celebrating the money that's coming in. And so this is where we balance the scales, right? And so this is what it is. It's not always pleasure and fun and play. Yes, it gets to be joyful and you get to have gratitude and it gets to be fun. And also there's the hard shit, the lessons and the, you know, like as a more money, more problems. Yes. Kind of that way. Like the problems are bigger because you're playing a different game, right? You're playing with higher stakes you're playing a higher stake. So there's always new level, new devil. You're always going to learn a new lesson, right? But that's the balance. This is the yin and the yang, the positive, the negative, the masculine, the feminine, the, the push and the pull. This is the duality of life. And, and too far in the masculine is out of balance too far in the feminine is out of balance. So how do we find that harmony where there's an ebb and flow? And so it's the same with money. If you're constantly giving it away and you're not open to receive, you're always going to be operating from depletion. Yeah. If you're hoarding it and you're just receiving, but you're not giving, you're still operating in an energy of lack. Yeah. I was listening to, um, I like, I follow Grant Cardone a lot. And one mm-hmm. of the things he talks about, I did his like one-on-one seminars and stuff with his team. And one of, that's one of the things he talks about. He goes, you know, the, the middle class, the upper middle class, like they're kind of like the most selfish people. Like they just hoard all their money because they operate from a place of lack. He goes, you want to know who like the absolute most giving people are, are the super wealthy. Cause like they've, they've done it. They know what it feels like. They know what it looks like and they can give it away. And they can also, they operate from a place of abundance, you know, which is like going back to what we said, like everyone has this idea of like, Oh, rich is bad. If you're rich, you're greedy. If you have a lot of money, you're, you know, you don't care about people when really it's actually the opposite. I think like those people have given, I mean, sure we could talk about that, but you know, at the end of the day, the more, the more you operate from, right. The more you allow yourself to receive the, yes, you're going to probably be paying more and you're going to, like you said, stakes are higher, which, which, how would you rather feel? (laughs) Right. I mean, I would rather be super rich and have problems than be super poor and have problems because money to me, money just gives me choices and it makes things a lot easier. It makes decision-making processes much easier. And as I mentioned before, it's an amplifier for whatever energy you carry with it. So if you are somebody who is manipulative, you're operating in your wounded masculine, you're controlling, you're narcissistic, you're greedy and selfish and out to hurt people, then money's going to amplify that. But if you are somebody who is mission-driven, heart-centered, obsessed with creating impact, and you want to teach others how to do that, more money in the hands of people like that creates a powerful ripple effect because you can do more good. You can impact in a much bigger way. You know, so interesting. So one of my mentors, uh, had a conversation around some of the things that were happening at soul cycle earlier last year. And all these people were like, I'm boycotting soul cycle. And he was like, listen, 
this is a poor man's mentality and here's why. And I loved this. And it, it taught me something. He said, the only thing you're doing by boycotting soul cycle is you're impacting the instructors who are going to get cut from their jobs. You're impacting the people that clean that are going to get cut from their jobs. Because if a location closes, it's not going to impact the people that are making the decisions that you really want to impact. It's impacting the people that don't have a choice. If you really want to make an impact, generate wealth. So you have a seat at the table with the decision makers. Don't boycott the people at the, the, because your little petty decision isn't actually going to move the needle in the way that you want to. So instead of putting your energy here, focus on generating wealth for yourself, creating an impact so that you have the opportunities to sit at the same tables with the decision makers and then your voice gets heard. And I was like, Damn. Right. I mean, I, yes. was there for the, I was, I was there for the great Stephen Ross debacle of 2018. Like I was there or 2019, whenever that was like, I was there for that. And I had people, I had writers come to my class knowing what I stand for. Mind you, they've been taking my class now for seven years. They know who I am. They know what I stand for and came to my class, waited for me outside of the studio and said, I will never come back here again because of this. Like, I can't support a company that supports X, Y, or Z. And I was like, okay, wow, wow. Okay, sure. And you know what? I hadn't found network marketing at that point. So I hadn't really, like you said, stepped into like what entrepreneurship looked like. I hadn't really tapped into what kind of leader I could be at that point. I was a leader at SoulCycle, sure. But it yeah. I was, I hadn't even like right. scratched the surface as to yeah. like who I could become. And now I look back on that and I'm, I go, wow. Yeah. People really, you really don't like you, you, everybody wants to blame they want to blame this. And that instead that shouldn't be the conversation. The conversations right. we should be having is, okay, well, if that person can get there, then like I can get there because this is America and we right. can do that. And so, like you said, right. instead, I'm gonna just put myself at those tables. Yes. So then that's kind of what happened. I, you know, I I I and I mean, and then gosh, you think about network marketing, the company that I partnered with, I had never seen another person like me at the top of that company. Yeah. Ever. Like there right. was no like gay girls with tattoos who like yeah. use the F word more than any other word, right? Who really weren't that religious. They're really that didn't exist. And so my mindset was, well, instead of going, nah, that's not for me, I had this sh- this flip where I was like, no, I'm gonna pull myself a chair right up to that table and I'm gonna see, I'm gonna blow the lid off this. And then, yes. you know, somebody else is gonna see, oh well, okay. Now I can right. see myself here, right? And I think that's where a lot of a lot of like entrepreneurs who are like young in their leadership, that's where that's like that gap, right? They go, oh, I haven't seen that happen, so it's it's not possible. When really the conversation should be, well, haven't seen it happen. Somebody's got to go first. That's it. That's and so this is like you're speaking my language. I'm like I think about like this idea of a boldly courageous woman. She's the woman that's like if there isn't a trail, I'm going to go first. And if I have to figure out where the landmines are and, you know, the bumps and all that, then then so be it, but I'm going to bring this army of women behind me and I'm going to show them the way and I'm going to compress time for them. Does it, what would take me five years will take them three because I've learned everything and then I can go teach it. And that's, that's the decision that we all face when it comes to doing something great. Right. And this is how we build courage, right? Courage is built on the backbone of 
doing scary shit over and over and over again until we've mastered it. And then we're like, okay, cool. I'm here. I mastered that. What's the next scary thing I can go do. That sounds ridiculous. You quit soul cycle. Okay. I'm a beginner again. I'm going to, there's potholes and like, but full circle, where's the proof that it's possible. Who's the woman that's shining her light so bright that I can see what's possible. Success leaves clues. Like what path has she walked? Okay. I can walk my own path, but still like help me navigate this, you know? Right. Yeah. For me, it was Lindsay Simsek. She's the host of the almost 30 podcast. So she left soul and obviously had started this awesome podcast with Krista. And that was mine. I, she there was you go. people that I was like, yeah. And imagine if she was like, Oh, I don't want to be too much. Like be or like, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to walk away from a job. It's security. It's benefits. It's, you know, you're right. Okay. All those things. Yeah. That, and it's, you know, also, it's, it's fake. None of that's real. No, it's not. Because like, if you, if the economy tanks, your 401k is basically gone. So <laughs> Right. So what would you say to somebody? I'll, I'll, we'll, I'll kind of start to bring it home. Like what, what would you say to somebody who is kind of navigating this young entrepreneur? Cause everybody's trying to, everyone's jumping into entrepreneurship now, which I freaking love. It makes me so happy to see so many people being like, Oh, I can work for myself. Okay. I'll do that. So where would you say like the top three things, somebody jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time, what are the top three things they really like the pillars that they really need to like develop Mm. in order to like move towards success? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's such a good question. Let me feel into that. Cause there's so many things. Okay. The first thing that's coming up for me is the inner work, right? Like we kind of talked on this earlier is like your business is going to always mirror back to you, the areas in which you have to grow and your willingness to do the inner work will determine how successful you are. Mm. Um, I heard this the other day and, and I thought it was really, really powerful. It's like, when emotions are high, confidence is low. So being a woman who is in your power, really truly in your power is someone who has enough self-awareness to know like, Hey, my emotions are very high right now. So I need to take a pause, regulate self-regulation is so powerful when you're running a business that you, yes. Can you make decisions from an emotional place? Maybe emotional is not the right word. Can you make a decision from the neck down? Yes. I think that is hugely important. We've been given this body with a nervous system and an intelligence that's far beyond what happens cerebrally from the head up, from the neck up. So the inner work of really getting to know what's a yes, what's a no, so you can operate from alignment is so hugely important. Like I can't even tell you how important that is. You have to know yourself because otherwise you're just a slave to everybody else's opinions. You're a slave to the next five ways to grow your Instagram or seven steps to build your business or three things to hack your funnels. Like you will forever become a slave to all the digital marketers out there without knowing who am I and practicing discernment of like what feels true for me, because there's a million ways you can run a business, but they're not all going to work for you. So knowing yourself and doing the inner work to heal your relationship with the sister wounds, healing the relationships with your money, healing your inner child. Like people ask me all the time, how do you have so much confidence? How do you love yourself so much? Well, I've got my 10 year olds back. Like she's my home girl and I will never leave her side. And if I do like, man, I got to work so hard to gain her trust back. So the inner work of like knowing you've got your back and you trust yourself beyond a shadow of a doubt, like that will serve you far beyond any strategy that anyone can ever give you. So that's probably number one, two, and three, but number one, number two, play the long game, play the long game and know your why. 
I think that especially in network marketing, so many people come in and they see the success stories that are not normal average, right? We'll use those quotes. And they think that they're going to have success overnight and they lose sight of the why. If you don't know your why and you're not tapped into a bigger vision, once you hit all of your goals, it's like, okay, now what? And I know for me, like once I paid off my debt and I hit my income goal, I was like, now what do I do? Oh, that's exactly what happened to me. I hit the top of the company in 11 months, which obviously, yeah, it's not typical, but like I did it. And then I, I kind of had this lull through the pandemic where I was like, now, now but then I was making it really, I mean, I realized I was making it about me and then it was like, oh, but now you have this opportunity to like shift the focus. You have to have a long-term vision and a why because you're an, and, and be willing to detach yourself from the how. Think, think like a scientist. So I heard this from a guy named Seth Madison. He came in and spoke at one of my masterminds and he's a futurist and he talks about entrepreneurs that think like scientists. So oftentimes we get so attached to the name of our program or, you know, the vision that we have for our team. And the vision is so important. Like you have to know your why, where are you going? What drives you when you have, like, if you had 20 million in the bank, would you still be doing what you're doing? Yes or no. If you had 20 million in the bank, would you care about posting every single day? Or would you post quality because you want to, not because you feel like you have to, right? So anyway, he was talking about thinking like a scientist. And he was like, you know, scientists are not attached to the outcome. They're attached to the process. And like, what would happen if I did this? Or what would happen if I did that? So they approach the process through the lens of curiosity. They know the outcome that they're trying to get, but the process of how they get there, they're not attached to. So know what your vision is, but be so unattached to how it shows up because it could be, you you could have your blinders on it. It has to look this way. I'm going to sign this many clients. I'm going to hit this rank. I'm going to do this thing. When you could get to that outcome faster, easier, happier, if you just allowed yourself to be curious about what would happen if I did this instead, but stay tapped into the vision. So have a long-term vision about what you want. Be curious about the process to get there and don't be, don't be so tunnel visioned and driven by your ego that you're not open to learning and experiencing different ways to do something. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about like, it's really working for me, but it doesn't fit the system. Okay. Well, the outcome is still the same, right? Mm -hmm. That would be number two. And number three, I think is you have to be so fucking like laser focused on your environment. Like it, it has to be like locked and keyed. Like your environment is everything, everything. So your environment is stronger than your will. And this can operate both ways, right? So if you are someone who is, this was my experience. I have a big vision, I'm doing the work, and I know so deeply in my soul what my purpose is and what is meant for me. And I'm li- I was living in a town of 7,000 people with my ex-husband and his father, and they were people that did not think the way that I did. They did not operate the way that I did. There was a lot of negativity. There was a lot of passive aggressiveness. There was a lot of like small thinking, small town, which there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're trying to think bigger, and you're taking personal accountability and you're in an environment where people don't take personal accountability. They blame everybody else for everything. They're happy with mediocre, that environment to grow out of that environment is really hard, really hard, really, 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 really hard. 
Yeah. Right. So when a flower isn't blooming, we don't change the flower. We change the soil that it grows in. Right. Mm -hmm. So on the opposite side of that, your environment will be stronger than your will. So if you are the number one in your company, you got to put yourself in a room where you're not the smartest person in order to grow. You know, if you are the only person in your friend group, that's an entrepreneur right now, then you need to find a friend group that are doing things that are so far outside of your comfort zone that you are so triggered every time you hang out with them that you're like, holy fuck, I have so much personal work to do because that environment is going to call you into your purpose in a much bigger way, right? So it's like both sides of the coin, right? I hire a personal trainer because I know he's going to make me do five times more reps than I ever would on my own. So I'm going to put myself in an environment that's stronger than my own will because the goal is to get to failure. The goal is to get to failure because- in the failure is where we learn what success looks like. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. It's so, it's so true. I, I, and it's, it's triggering me because I did not pay attention. I always see, I, I always like subconsciously and it was never like, it was never intentionally, but I always put myself in groups where I was the role model. And of course, that's part of, that's part of my human design. I'm a, that's good. I'm, a, I'm a six. I'm a role model. It's what I do. Everyone well, and then you're valuable to people. You're so valuable. Sage. I'm a wise sage. You are so right. well, you are. Yes. And right. Wait, and then what? Right. So now I'm finding myself and it wasn't even like I tried. It's what, when you open yourself up for more, all of a sudden the people that are like closest to me right now are people that are way more successful than me, like way more successful than me. And it's so triggering. Like I walk into their houses and I'm like, <sighs> yeah, but it, and, of, and now because of that, I'm like, oh, this okay. is what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what's oh, possible. Yeah, you want to buy, you're going to go out and buy a brand new Aston Martin. Like it's nothing great. I'm going to, I'm going to see that. I'm going to feel what that does to me and I'm going to make a plan. Yes. 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 One of my favorite things to do when I moved to California and I didn't have money, <laughs> I was broke, is I would go to the Ritz Carlton or I'd go to the Montage, which are very bougie, fancy hotels. And I would work one day a week in the hotel and I would order a charcuterie board before I was vegan and champagne. And, and I would sit and I would work and I would get in creative flow. Cause I wanted to be in that space of luxury of what was possible. So I was like physically putting myself in an environment so I could feel what it felt like to be in that place of, of it being, of course, this is where I'm working. Right. And so if you're in a place right now where maybe you don't have access to the funds to, you know, do the luxurious things, put yourself in an environment that will inspire you to work towards that and see what's possible. Because for a lot of people, that's their every day. That's their, like in this mastermind that I was in, we took a helicopter ride to dinner and I was like, this is wild. And for some people, this is their every day. Normal. This is their everyday normal. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know. I watch Grant Cardone just like get into his jet. I'm like, that's his everyday normal. Yep. I want to get to the place instead of bitching about, you know, wealthy people don't pay taxes. Instead, I'm going to listen to people like Grant Cardone and go, oh, you had a big tax bill. So instead you bought a private jet and wrote it off. Great. Come in for that. <laughs> I'm gonna well, and his time is money, right? So how much more impact can he create with the time that he just got back and the, and the opportunity, right? So it's about opportunity. So now he doesn't have to go through, he has no limitations when it comes to getting from point A to point B. So he's just created more time for himself, which therefore creates more wealth, which therefore allows him to create a bigger impact ripple effect. 
Right. Ripple effect. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's like when we, you know, when I first started making money, the first thing I did was hire a house cleaner first. Then the second thing I did, like, I will never not pay for movers. We're getting ready to move next week. I will never not pay for movers. I absolutely get my nails done. I absolutely like, you know, and it's, it's like little things like that where it's, it's, it's a ripple effect because you, yes. you're putting yourself into spaces and you're freeing up your time in such a way that now I can focus on other things. Yes. Like, yes I could afford a nanny for my son. You bet. I have a you have a, And you have a responsibility to be wealthy. And this is where a lot yes. of people get it wrong, right? You have a responsibility to generate wealth, not only for yourself so that you can operate from a place of overflow and safety, which money doesn't create safety. However, it creates like comfort, right? But think about how much more of an impact you can make when you can employ an army of people to support you who want to support you. Yes. 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 That's it. And and free up time. I mean, it's like, you know, my fiance would always like give me shit. She'd be like, we don't need a clean house cleaner. I'm like, well, are you going to do that? Are you going to clean it? Cause I'm not, yeah, but I want it. Yeah. Like, I'm no, I don't need it. Yeah. I don't, I, don't. I, I don't need it, but I want it and I can. And so I will, because that's going to free up time for both of us to focus yes. on the things that actually are important to us. Yeah. And it puts you in a frequency of being able to create a bigger impact. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. look at what you can do right here. Like the impact that this conversation is going to make versus you scrubbing your toilets. Right. And hiring a producer for my podcast. I don't want to edit. I have no interest in editing. I have no interest in doing SEO stuff and sending it out. No. no. And that's why I waited so long. I waited until I was in a place where I could afford to pay yes. for the producer because now I get to focus on the creative flow. Yes. And have the conversations. And then yes. somebody else gets to do that. I hire an assistant, you know, who who's going to mail all my packages and is going to do all of that. Like, But that gives me time to focus on what I really want to be focusing on, which is adding the impact and the value. And this kind of goes back to like what we were saying earlier about being like mediocre halfway in and the, and the issue that like the blockage, right? So when you keep yourself stuck in scarcity and you keep yourself in just enough to get by, you are actually robbing other people of the gift of serving you. Totally. This, This is the divine feminine, the divine feminine, like think of those Renaissance paintings of these, you know, voluptuous women sitting in a garden eating like grapes. That is the divine feminine and people get to serve her. And so it's again, like you being an abundant woman who is clear on her mission, like your mission creates a ripple effect. And as a result of that, you get paid for what you do. And as a result of that, you then get to give others the option to be in their gifts. Some people love caring and cleaning homes. They really enjoy it. Some people love being audio engineers. And so by you employing them, they get to serve in their gift and amplify your message. So it's beautiful co-creative energy. And by you robbing yourself of your desires, because your desires are divine from the universe, you're robbing yourself of your own birthright, which is abundance. You have a right to abundance. You're born into this world abundant. Babies don't feel guilty about being cared for unapologetically. (laughs) My five-year-old doesn't feel guilty about it. (laughs) No, 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 not at all. He is just fine. He is just receiving. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, mom. Yes. Um, so if I am listening to this and I want to work with you, you tell us, tell us about all the ways we can Mm. get in touch with you. Well, I love to hang out on Instagram. It's my favorite place at the Melissa Martin. You can slide in my DMS. Um, you know, 
I love it when people hear a podcast episode and they screenshot and kind of share their favorite takeaway, tag me, I can reshare it and celebrate you. Um, but I'm in a really cool place in my business right now where I'm completely shifting my, my energy around community and my energy around launches. So in this moment right now, there are two kind of like cornerstone ways that we can kind of work together. Three, really. One is through a program that I originally created for network marketers called Align Your Business. It was a, it was originally called Ignite Academy and it's called Align Your Business. And it's all on radiating authentically, leading with authority, attracting abundance with ease. So there's a lot of energetic work that we do around your story and your brand and what makes you you. There's a lot of work we do around money mindset. And then there's the strategy stuff around like branding, marketing, transformation, selling, all the things. I mean, it's literally all the best stuff in one place. On the other side of the house, there's Align Your Life, which is based on the seven pillars of living in alignment. And so this is the energetics around, you know, all the inner work. So the energetics around abundance, around energy, harmony and balancing your masculine feminine, relationships and community, your purpose and vision, play and fun and connection to the divine and your intuition. So those are the seven, seven pillars. So you can kind of work with me. And then of course, my one-to-one coaching, I work with boldly courageous women who are just ready to get their message out in the world. You know, you're having a successful business, but you're kind of at good and you're ready to go to great. Like, I think it's so much easier to build a business when your back is against the wall and you're in that defining moment in that rock bottom, because you have no other option. But when you're at good and you want to go to great, that's the hardest place to build from. And so that's so hard. Those are the women that I work with. But um, if you follow me on Instagram, you will find everything that's happening in my world, everything that I'm launching and offering. Um, I do launches like every month now. So there's always a place for you, no matter where you're at. If you are just starting out or you're multiple six figures, there's a place for you here in my community. Oh, that's amazing. And we will put all of this in our show notes. So if that you don't want to, if that went in one ear and out the other, you can go to our show notes and you can yeah. click on the link and you can get right to her Instagram, which has a link tree with all of the things she just talked about. So Melissa, you're a gem to this world and it's, it's very clear you're radiating in like your absolute gift right now. And it's, it's really cool. And, um, I just, I'm excited to see where you go and like everything that happens for you. And thank you so much for sharing your time and all of your wisdom with, I received that. Thank you. And likewise, And likewise, like it was so much fun, you know, dropping in with you and hearing more about your story and your gifts and the impact that you're making. And just, I acknowledge you for walking the path that doesn't always feel good and being bold in that, in your pursuit of your vision and your purpose, more women need examples like you in leadership. So I just want to acknowledge you as well. Well, thank you. I received that and uh, we, I'm sure we will be chatting soon. Yes. (laughs) Have a good day. I really hope you go and find her on social media. She is at the Melissa Martin. Message her, work with her, whether it be in her accelerator program, whether it be in her one-on-one coaching, whether you just follow her and soak up everything she has to say, please let this woman into your space, into your energy sphere. She will change you. I promise. Even from the short amount of time that I've known her, she has changed me and I'm so grateful for her. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did or as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. I hope you enjoyed hearing it. If this is your first interview that you've heard with On The Daily, please go and hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. Even if you never go back to Apple Podcasts again, if you could just go to Apple Podcasts and just hit subscribe, leave a five-star 
rating and write us a good, honest review. I would absolutely love you forever. And that's how we continue to grow this podcast and get it out to more people. So even if you go back to Spotify or wherever it is that you hear your podcast, that's fine. I just would love for you to go and do me a favor if you are hearing this and go subscribe, five-star rating and leave us a review. If you want to hear more of a certain topic, if there's a guest that you really love and think would be a good fit for this podcast, if you would be a good fit for this podcast, slide into my DMs. I'm at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can also find me at on the daily pod. And if you are wanting to take advantage of the discount for hype universities first to our live workshop happening on December 28th called ready to rock 2022. You can click on the link in our show notes. You can also click on the link in my bio on Instagram. You can message me and I can send it to you. There's lots of ways we can connect, but come hang out on social media, come hang out at my workshop. I am just so grateful for every single person who has supported this podcast and I can't wait to bring you more. Love y'all. And I'll see you on Friday for another unplugged episode. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Beautiful day.